perhaps before we begin, I'd like to open with a prayer, okay? Heavenly Father, we come before Thee, Thou art great God and our loving Savior. Lord, we come before Thee this, this opportunity now at, at, a, at a forum where we're going to speak about respect. And Lord, we pray that, that Thou would be in this place, that Thou would be a, in our presence, and that we may learn what, what is important, what we need to take with us when we leave this place, that we would have a greater understanding of who Thou art, how amazing Thou art, and how worthy Thou art of, of our complete respect. And Lord, we, if anything else, Lord, that, that we would just claim Thee as the King of our life, the Lord of our life, and that that would translate in, in a life that is changed. And so, Lord, we just pray that, that Thou would be with us in our presence at this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Guys, everybody can see? I hope. Good. Okay. Today's topic is on respect. And when I was called to, to and asked if I would do this topic, I felt a little awkward. You know, speaking to the teens about being respectful. Apparently there was uh, some suggestions that that, that, that would be a topic that would be discussed. But I want to begin just by saying that I really believe that you guys are, are a respectful bunch. That in this, in no ways is, is, is going to be me speaking to you guys on, on how you're not a respectful bunch, how you're not a great group of young people. And I really mean that. I've, I've had experience with you guys in, in, in choirs in the past. and. I know many of you from, from camp here, some of you I know from back home, and I know that you know, compared to many of the other teens in this world, the, the things that, that they occupy themselves with and things they do, that, that based on that standard, you guys are a, a respectful bunch. And you guys could be many other places right now instead of church camp. But having said that, I think... Um, None of us, as we even learned today in Bible class, and I believe you guys were speaking about that, none of us reach God's standards. None of us are, are good enough. None of us are, are um, respectful enough. And there's room for improvement. And so with that in mind, I wish to approach this, uh, this topic. So perhaps before we begin, I just want to have an open question, and if anybody has any thoughts? What does respect mean to you? What does respect mean to you? Yes. Giving someone honor. Giving somebody honor. Obedience. Obedience. How about when everyday life, when you're going to work, if you're on the bus, is there times for respect when you, when you come into contact with people? Is there time for respect when you go to church? I think it's something that our, especially us teenagers, it's something we long for. It's very desirable. It's something that is, I don't know, on our minds, but subconsciously we think about it a lot. We want the respect of people older than us. Good point. Everybody wants to be respected. Show me respect then I'll respect you in return, right? We, we, we say, you have to earn my respect. 
and then I will give you respect in return. Everybody longs to be respected. Definition of respect is to hold in esteem and honor. As already mentioned, admiration felt or shown towards someone or something that you believe has good ideas or qualities. To show regard or consideration for something that is important. These are just some definitions. There are many that we can go into deeper lengths, but these are just a few definitions for respect. Okay, we live in a society that is unlike any other in the past, where, where we can do things that, that nobody in the past was able to do. We can see things so far away. We can see things in such a, in, 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 in so small detail. We, we have technology that, that allows us to, to speak with one another from great far lengths. And, and so in many ways, this and your generation is the most advanced generation that has ever lived. Sadly, though, the world we live in does not promote faith in God. Okay? It's just not something that, that is being taught in the schools anymore. In fact, it's, it's discouraged, not encouraged. Okay? So despite this generation's advances, the technological advances, all the amazing things that we're able to do, just as much as we are so advanced, we are so backwards. We are so pitiful. And we see this because the more stuff we have, it just doesn't make us any happier. It doesn't make us any happier being able to do the many things that we're able to do. In fact, in, in many ways, and right now perhaps you're not... Um, exposed to this so much, but the more things that we have and the, and the more things that you accumulate, you will see that it actually makes you more miserable in, in many ways. It doesn't bring any satisfaction, and Proverbs speaks about this, Ecclesiastes speaks about this. Is, is a good example is King Solomon. He had everything, everything that, that, his, that your mind, my mind could imagine, and nothing brought him fulfillment. At the end, he... he, he, he came to the conclusion that all is vanity. All is vanity. There was, in the past, uh, Forbes magazine, it was the 75th anniversary, and, the, and they decided to have a special article, and they, they brought together the greatest minds in the whole world to, to figure out the topic and, and to come up with the answers to the question of why is mankind so sad. Why are they digressing? Why, what, why is the state of man in such a sad situation? You know, we, all these advances, yet there's more suicides, more teen suicides. There's more of discontent, more miserable people out there. And so if all the things that, that are supposed to bring us satisfaction and happiness there's more drugs out there. There's more anything that can give you a high is out there, but yet people are not happier. So they set out to, to figure out why mankind is, is in such a sad state. They came to the conclusion that 
It's because God's, uh, the, moral, the morals of man, the absolute morals of man are being pushed aside. They're being wiped out. And so our, our morals are being broken down. And because of this, we find ourselves experiencing less happiness and, and less joy. And so if there's anything that, that today in this forum I'd like to get across to you guys and, and even to myself, is that respect for God is number one. If we want to be respectful to anybody, if we want to be respected, we have to have respect for God. Number one, it's the most important thing. And the fear of God, it says in the Word, fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And, and fear is, is defined as the profound feeling of respect for someone or something. That's what I think will have the greatest impact, make the biggest change in your lives if, if, if you have that, that fear, that respect, the reverence for God. Number one, so the question goes out, is Christ the Lord of your life? Is, is Christ, does he have the highest place in your life? Is there the highest respect for him? This needs to be the most important thing because, you know what, God has earned our respect. We talk about respect being earned, okay? God has earned our respect. He deserves our respect. He deserves first place in our life. Why? Because of who He is. Number one, because of who He is. Right? He created the world. The world that we live in, He's created. He spoke and it came into existence. Doesn't that just make you in awe of, of, of this almighty, powerful, knowing God? who created the world. If we look up at the nighttime, we can, see, we can see the stars in the sky. I believe this is a picture of Pallades, the constellation. It even speaks about it in the Word of God in Job. He created all the stars in outer space. And all those stars, they're all suns, like, like our sun, even greater size, brighter, hotter. And there's so many galaxies. You know, space is, is, is really a good, good term for what's out there because there's a lot of space. It says, I, I, read, I read this, that, that space makes up about one-fiftieth, just a second here, space is one one-trillionth, only one one-trillionth of outer space is occupied by, sun, uh, by stars and planets. Only one, one trillionth. So the rest of outer space is, is empty space. And just to give you an idea of how large 
of a space we're talking about, if earth was like a little pea, pea, we would go 1,000 feet from that pea, we would reach Jupiter, another pea. And then from Jupiter, if we would go another one and a half miles, so on the scale of a P, we would reach Pluto. It would take, see, we can't just travel there in, in our kind of speed. We have, to, we have to use something called light years to, to cover this vast space. And a, a light year is, is 186,000 miles per second. You guys all travel to camp? drove in your cars, you're traveling about, what, 60 miles per hour. If you're booking it, maybe you're reaching like 80, 85, 90, 100 miles per hour. 100 miles per hour. We're talking, when we're talking about light years, we're talking about 186,000 miles, not per hour, per second. It's like 186,000, 186,000 miles, 186,000 miles, 186,000 miles. 186,000 miles, and it would take seven hours to travel from Earth to, to Pluto, which actually is no longer even considered a planet, which I learned that about a month ago. <laughs> when I was a kid, we learned that Pluto was a planet. Anyway, um, okay, so basically, this distance, though, this space is only one one-fiftieth thousand of our own solar system. That's our own solar system. It revolves around our star, the sun. Okay? And so we see now, just in our own little solar system, we see such a vast space that, that even our minds begin to boggle at the thought of it. Okay? But... Scientists, they, they, they've come to the conclusion that there is over 140 billion galaxies. And we're just part, a little part of our galaxy, which is the Milky Way galaxy. And they're saying that there's 140 billion galaxies. And each, each one of those galaxies have hundreds of, of billions, billions and billions and billions of stars and planets. It's like too much to even grasp. 140 billion peas. 140 billion peas is what it would take to fill up a large football stadium. That's what I heard. And then imagine that those are just the galaxies. Are each pea filling up this large football stadium? <laughs> He's blown away by that. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Jordan, for the effects. I mean, that, that's, that in a, it should just make us want to fall over, I mean, at the end of the day. And so there's 140 billion peas to fill up the stadium, and then we got 100, hundreds of billions of stars and planets, uh, hundreds of little, little other little peas, even smaller than peas, that go around each one of these. So there's so much. It's just so amazing. And so just when we think about who God is, and, and Hebrews talks about God as a consuming fire. And this is a picture of our sun. 
looks like a consuming fire, but it's even uncomparable to God. Then when we look back to our earth, and we just see, this is a picture of a hurricane, we can see just the power that takes place here on this earth. As we look at just the wondrous things, the amazing things, God's creation here on this earth and God's force in, in, in nature, and the waves and the power, and, and how much water occupies this earth, and, and all the animals and all God's creation, and the beauty. It's, it's, it's beautiful. It says in, in Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament showeth His handiwork. Everything that we see is just it, it is a reflection of God's handiwork in His creation, and it, and it glorifies God. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is Thy name in all the earth, who hath set Thy glory above the heavens. We're, we're just in awe of God's glory, who He is. Beautiful sunsets that we can enjoy on an everyday basis. And we're reminded of His power even through the storms that we see. And then if we look at our own bodies, how detailed we are and how amazing we work when we look and see how we respond in, in our muscles, in our bones, in our nervous system, in our minds, how we're able to think. We didn't just come out of nothing. We were created by an intelligent creator, designer, who made us in an amazing, wonderful way. So we were looking at the at the stars and the space, but we're able to even glory in, in God's glory, and we're able to praise Him and, and be amazed by Him if we look at the, 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 the smallest things in this world, the atoms, and, and they make up the foundation for all human matter, everything we see. And just to put this in perspective, if we're able to put our fingers together and come to just the smallest point before your fingers touch. Try to see what that, that smallest space, okay? And now we divide that smallest section by a thousand. We take one of those sections so you got this small, small space that you can hardly even see, and then you divide it by a thousand, and take just one of those sections, you have yourself a micron. Okay? Divide that micron by ten thousand. Now you now you have an atom. That's how small it is. It says it's just a little illustration. An, an atom okay, is to a millimeter. An atom is to a millimeter what a business card lying face down, lying face down, is to a tall skyscraper building like the Sears Tower or 
or something like the World Trade Centers before. A business card lying on its side, skyscraper, that's what an atom is to a millimeter, which is very small. Okay? Now, when we break up the atom, we come to the center, which is even smaller. We come to the, the core of it. We have protons and neutrons, okay? And they're positively and negatively charged. And this amazes scientists. They can't understand how this works. Okay? Because positive and negative don't coexist. They repel. They, they, it just doesn't make any sense how this is held together. And Colossians tells us, I'm not even going to look it up right now. Colossians tells us that all things are held together by him. By Jesus Christ, all things were created. And by Jesus Christ, all things are held together. He is holding everything together. And if he would let go for just a moment, everything would just dissolve. It would just blow up. It would melt. And so he's holding all things together. And so just for that, in that alone, I think just to give a little glimpse of why God deserves our respect is because of who he is. But more than that, more than that, he deserves our respect because what he's done for us. Who are we? What are we that he should be mindful of us? But in that while we were yet sinners, this was a verse from yesterday, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He came and he died for us. He loved us. So not only did he create everything that's in this world, but he came down. He came down on this earth. He became a man. He experienced all the things that we are faced with. And he took upon himself our sins. He became sin. He who knew no sin became sin. And he died on that cross because of his love for you and for me. He loves us so much. He paid the the greatest price for us to redeem us. And when I think of this theme of this week at camp, the books being open, and this idea that, that our lives are being recorded. You know, back in those days, they, had, they, 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 they kept track of things with scrolls by writing it down. But today, we can speak on a different level in, in the area of, like, cameras watching us. But even, you know, on reality TV, it's not really reality TV. You know, if you watch American Idol, they're preparing for that, that performance. They're, they're, the whole week is going into pre- preparation for it, so it's really like a, a live performance. And yes, it's, it's live TV, but it's, it's rehearsed. And, and other reality shows, they edit it. They, they cut out certain parts. They just show the parts that they want to get across. And
you know, imagine if you were on, on, on reality TV. And, and, and there's somebody that you really cared about a lot, that you knew that, that, that if, if you are, are going to be watched by this person, that you, you'd want to not upset them. For example, if, if you were married and you had a wife and, and you knew she was going to watch your every move, would you start flirting with other girls that, that would be caught on tape and would be showed you know, in, in front of the whole world and, and your wife would watch it, embarrass her and make a fool out of yourself? You would try to conduct yourself in a certain way, in, a, in an appropriate way. If there was somebody that really cared, that you cared about, wouldn't you do your best, your absolute best to, to please them in every aspect of your life? Well, in, a, in, a, in many ways, the same God who created everything, who loved us so much that he died for us, he's watching. He's watching our every move. He sees us from afar off. The Bible says, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear Him, upon them that hope in His mercy. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and His ears are open unto their cry. The Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. God is watching. God is watching your and my every move. But it's not... You know, this picture shows like these, this like sort of binocular kind of picture. It's limited. The video cameras are limited. God, his, 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 his scope of us is like full 360 degrees, every aspect, every move. In our minds, he can see it. In our hearts, he can see it. There's no escaping his vantage point, his viewpoint. Can't, can't get around it. And so, if you have any appreciation, if you have any appreciation for, for God, for who He is, how amazing He is, how all-knowing He is, how, how, how powerful He is, and, and any appreciation for, for what He's done for you, I'm sure you'd... you'd want to try to please him in every aspect of our lives. So how can we give God respect in a, in a practical sense? Ecclesiastes says, fear God and keep his commands. This is the whole duty of man. See, this is not about, you guys need to, to do this, this, and that, and be respectful to people. That doesn't work. We, we even learned this morning how, how the law only brings us to Christ. It's not able to save us. We're not able to keep the law by our own power. We're not able to be good on our own power. So, so to say here that I expect after this forum... Just because I say do these things, that you should go out and do it. If you missed the, the motive for why you should be doing the things you do, you will not have the ability to do anything good.
The motive is appreciation for what God has done for us. The motive is to want to please Him because He's so good. To want to live for Him. To, to hold Him highly. To reverence Him highly. And then, then we, we want to do His commands because it's a way of saying thank you. It's a way of saying, I respect you. It's a way of saying, I love you in return. And God says in, in Samuel, them that honor me, I will honor. And so we need to make a concerted effort to honor God through our lives. And so it is in the life we live that we are able to respect God, that we're able to show respect to God. It's not just in our imagination. It's not just in our, God, I respect you and move on. It's a way of life. The life that we live, the life we live will show our respect to God. And, and these are some points we can go probably into greater length and greater detail. But, but basically seven, no, sorry, six points. Six points that we can, that we can cover this morning that that we can put into practical, practical application on, on how we can show respect to God through the life we live. Self-respect. Respect for others. Respect for our parents. Respect for authority. Respect for the environment. And respect for church. A lot of these are, are connected. A lot of these are, are same principles apply. And I don't, I'm not going to try to bombard you with information because I think that all this will come natural if you grasp the first section. The, the respecting um, ourselves, the, the respecting others, the respecting of, of authority, the respecting of our parents, the respecting of church, the respecting of the environment will be a natural um, a thing if we can grasp the first section. So self-respect. The world promotes self-respect, but it is different than the biblical view on self-respect. What are some of the ways the world promotes self-respect? Open question. You see it on, on all those magazines on your way out of the, the drug stores or at the grocery stores. You need time for yourself. You need to take care of of. of Yourself, you need to um, serve yourself. It's a little bit contradicting to the biblical view on self-respect. First of all, I think in order to respect ourselves, to to have self-respect, I think first of all we need to understand that we didn't create ourselves, and so it's not like we are our own. We like our. We own ourselves in that sense. God has created us. He's made us. And so because He has made us, we need to take care of our bodies. In, in Corinthians, it talks about the body being the, the temple of the Holy Spirit. But we need to take care of our bodies because God has given us our bodies. And so 
ways that we need to take care of our, our bodies are, are very simple. I don't want to bore you, but, but what we eat, okay, this, this is taking care of our bodies. Exercise, this is taking care of our bodies. This is, these are good things, and it shows that we respect what God has given us when we respect our bodies. You know, drugs, alcohol, smoking, it's damaging to our bodies. And not only to our, our, our own bodies, many times to others as well. And so taking care of our bodies is, is, is a very basic way to, to, sh- to have self-respect. Keeping ourselves unspotted from the world. The things that this world runs after. The, the intake that, they wanna, that, they, that they're pushing on us from the different kind of um, movies, the music that's out there, that really impacts even our bodies in a negative, in a negative way. And so we can, we can show respect to our own bodies by, by keeping ourselves unspotted from the world, offering our lives as a living sacrifice, holiness, adhering to holiness, striving for holiness, is being respectful to our own bodies and and showing respect to God. Don't believe in and settle for a lie. Many of you, 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 you're at this age right now where where you're attracted to, to the other sex. All of you are, probably. And... I hope. <laughs> and, and, and many of you think perhaps that, or you, this world is sort of giving the idea that, that through this relationship of, of, of perhaps experiencing a physical relationship with somebody else, the other sex, um, would fulfill something that you long after, something that you need. Truthfully, when you are involved in a relationship out of the context of of marriage on a physical level, many times you're going to be cheapening yourself. You're settling for less. That's not what God intended. Because a lot of people, they, they, they get caught up in a relationship, there's no commitment. And then they move on to the next person. And so you're basically settling for less. That's not God's design for your life. And so when you get involved on that level with with others, you're basically setting yourself up for for getting a broken heart, experiencing uh, disappointment, and you're settling for less. The things in this world, the things that this world offers us, they entice us. They, they're enticing. But after we experience them, they, they make us feel empty. They make us feel dirty. They make us feel like trash. And so self-respect, if you care about yourself, if you want to take care of yourself, if you want to be respectful to your own self, you won't want to... Um, 
follow after those things and, and, and experience those things which will leave you afterwards feeling empty, feeling, feeling like trash. I heard on, on a radio program of, of a young lady from the 60s, she was experiencing all that, that everybody in that time experienced, the, the loving lifestyle where, where she basically in the mornings after she just felt so empty. She felt like trash. She felt so unappreciated. And, and ladies, you, you require something. You're programmed differently. What you, the needs that you have are different than the needs that, that the guys have. And the guys, they're just on a one-track mind. And so there's no way that, that you'll be able to experience fulfillment. You'll feel like trash after. Pardon the expression. And, and, and I'm, I'm just sort of paraphrasing what she was saying, but if you would have heard what she said, your ears would be open and, and your eyes would be open. And so you want to protect Protect something that is very special, something that is that is that is should be should be saved saved for for a marriage. Okay, and, and I'm not trying to. I, I am a little uncomfortable talking about this, but I think you all get the get the message. Using how God has created us to the fullest potential talents and gifts for God's purpose. God has made us all in a special way. He's, he's made us to be able to excel in, in certain areas and, in, and also we have areas that we don't excel in. And so we need to understand who we are, how God has programmed us, how God has made us, and we need to allow ourselves to be used to the best of, of our ability in the areas that God has has blessed us and, and given us talents and gifts. And we need to channel those things for God's purpose. And that's being respectful to how God has made us. Are you on fire for God? Are you, are you consumed with, with passion to live for Christ? Jesus says, no man hates himself. we want to show respect to God, we need to take care of ourselves and live for Him. We respect our Heavenly Father when we exhibit biblical self-respect. Respect for others. Jesus has taught us to love one another. God has loved all mankind. God has created all men. So we need to respect God's creation. We need to respect others. The golden rule is to do unto others as you would have done unto you. Esteeming others higher than ourselves. Do we do that? 
when we look at others, do we look at them as just a way to please ourselves, a way to, to get what we want, a way to fulfill our needs? That's not being respectful to others. Being respectful to others is, is, is trying to please them, trying to, trying to be courteous to them, to be considerate for their feelings, to, to care about what they, what, what they would like or, or how they would respond. In, in, in our church, this needs to, to be a part of, of, of church. It's about relationship. It's about relating to one another. And if, if it's all about me, 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 and there's no concern about others, there's no concern about our brothers, our sisters, our friends, about each other, it's going to be not a pretty sight. It's not going to be a nice environment. When somebody lends you something, do you take care of it? Do you cherish it? Do you try to make sure you do no harm to it? I remember a time when, when one of my uh, relatives, he borrowed a uh, pair of shoes from me. And it was a couple months had passed, and I never received my shoes back. And, and when, I, when, I, when I saw him wearing them, or, or I asked him a couple times, I said, you know, can I please have my shoes back? I got them back, and, and they were ruined, destroyed. They were like dress shoes, and he was like bike riding on them. You know, like not, not, not bicycle riding, like dirt bike riding on them. They were like destroyed. I was just maybe like 12, 13 years old. I was not impressed. I was not happy about it. And, and, and so I think you need to consider, if you would lend your thing to somebody else, how, how would you like them to take care of your property, something that belongs to you? Well, take care of other people's things in the same way. The same way as you would have done to you, like do that to other people. This, the same way that you want to be respected, right? We heard about that earlier, how, how we all long to be respected. Well, hey, if you're not going to show respect, then chances are you won't be given any respect either. Okay? So, so this idea of being respectful to others is an important one. It's an important lesson that I think we need to teach our children, like from, from when they're little through the teens and even as, as, as grown-ups, grown we need to to keep being taught this and, 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 and keep being reminded about this. The elderly. You know, they, is there respect for the elderly? Those that, that are, are a little bit more feeble, weaker. The old, you know, being, opening the door for somebody else. These are just little things, but it shows respect. Letting somebody who, who's holding maybe a little baby, a, a young mother or a mother holding a, a, a baby to let her sit down or someone who's pregnant. Just little things. The little things go a long way. It shows, you know, in a small way, it shows who your king is, who your Lord is when you're respectful to others. And even being willing to go the extra mile as Jesus taught us to Jesus showed us the highest example. He was the, the, the servant 
who washed the feet. And he laid down his life for us. We need to have that same regard for others or esteem to that same regard for others as Christ had. And many times, you know, we think of only giving honor or respect to to those who are worthy of it, maybe even the elderly, the, um, those that are of high position or authority, but, but even, Jesus says, to the least. Jesus says, if you do to the least of these, you do it unto me. Do you realize that, that when you show respect to somebody else, when you do something good for somebody else, when, you're, when you... When you have that type of attitude when you give to somebody else, it's as if you're giving to Jesus. It's as if you're showing Him respect, showing Him honor, and, 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 and doing it to Him. Jesus says, if you do to the least one of these of mine, you do it unto Him. So we show respect to God when we Respect others. Okay, respect for our parents. Again, it, it could fall into the bracket of others, but I think that this is something that, you know, we're still, I, I believe all of you are living still with your parents, and the Bible tells us, okay, honor your parents so you live long and well. That's the first commandment, and I believe the only commandment, with promise. That if you do this, you'll have a good life. Because why? Do, do our parents tell us to do this or to that because they want us to have a miserable life? Or do they tell us these things so that we would have a good life, that we would have prosperity, that we would experience um, good things? And so perhaps next time your parents tell you to do this or do that or... or or go here, or go there, or, or whatever the, it is that they tell you. Consider, why are they telling you this? Instead of just talking back, or being disobedient, or ignoring what they're asking of you, or, or asking you to do. They're not just trying to make your life miserable. Are they trying to make your life miserable, or trying to make your life better? They're not... They're not trying to, to, to make your life miserable. They want to make your life better. They want to teach you important things that will, especially for you guys, that will have eternal consequences, eternal repercussions, eternal value. Okay, parents are perfect and never make any mistakes. Statement's not true, okay? I'm a parent, I make a lot of mistakes. The inconsistencies are huge. And, and you probably see your parents' inconsistencies. The older you get, the more you see it. The more you see how imperfect they are. Okay? But that doesn't mean that you do not honor, you should not honor them. Okay? It does not mean that you don't obey them just because they're wrong sometimes. Now, if they ask you to do something that contradicts the Word of God, okay, obviously this is, this is different, okay? And if your parent is a, a parent that, that um, 
that is abusive, okay, then that's, again, a different situation. But even in those situations, there's still a place to honor your parents and to be respectful to them, even if they've wronged you. Okay? God has blessed us with our parents. That's the way he designed it. That's the way he made it. And are we going to question the one who, who created everything and knows all things? Who are we compared to him? Where does our understanding measure up to his? It doesn't. It doesn't measure up. And so we respect God. Okay? We respect God when we respect our parents. When we show respect to our parents, it's like we're respecting God. All right? So have that attitude. Have that frame of mind. Okay, respect for authority. All right. Because of the state of man, because man is, it was disobedient in the garden, and sin is running rampant in this world, and evil is in this world, and, and Satan is the prince of this world, because of those things, God has established authority okay, to keep order. Romans 14 speaks about this. I'm not going to read it. I think we're running out of time. The Romans speaks about how God has ordained the, those that yield the sword okay, for our protection. God has ordained those that, that are in authority to, to help things in this world be more orderly, to protect the innocent, okay, to protect those that, that cannot protect themselves. Please, they're there to serve and protect. Okay? They're here for our protection. And we need to be respectful to authority because God has given them that authority. We need to respect our government okay? because God has ordained them. God has put them in, in their place. And so we need to be respectful to our government. And, and respectful to our government also you know, is, is you know, maybe by paying taxes, all right? Jesus said that pay tribute to, to Caesar because he showed them on the, on the coin whose face is on, on the coin, all right? We, re, we show respect to government when we pay our taxes, when we are law-abiding citizens, when we contribute to our communities, when we support the police, and those that, that protect our safety and, and, and hold them in, in, in reverence and respect as well. Not above God, but knowing that God has put them in that place. And then even the authority the church has. To respect the authority of, in the church. Those that have rule over you. Your teachers. And you guys are amazing. Like, you guys are just a perfect group that, that right now, this is an example of respect, okay? But, but even at home, at the, at the churches at home, the leadership there, to be respectful to them, that they, that they strive to, for you guys, for your sake, to, to work on your behalf and to just be used by God in whatever way they can, to respect our elders, to pray for them. Just like paying taxes to the government, offering our prayers on behalf of, of church leadership. 
in, in the authority of the church. We respect God by respecting God-given authority. All right? Parents also fall into this bracket, but I, I decided to have a, a separate bracket for parents. Respect for the environment. This is a big one. This is huge, okay, in, in the time that we live in. It, it's such a big thing on the news. But you know what? All the efforts that, that man has in preserving this, this world that we live in, it just, it, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's like trying to, you know, look at, let's say, uh, a famous artist, Michelangelo or something, he, he drew a, a beautiful painting, okay? And we just look at the, the painting and, and try to just respect the painting and worship the painting. It doesn't make any sense, okay? If we damage the painting, it's not that we're being disrespectful to the painting, we're being disrespectful to the artist who, who drew the painting, okay? And so that's where I think that this world is, is messed up because they, they, they don't look at the creator. They just focus on the creation. And that's why it's, gonna, it's futile. It's not going to work. So we have to understand that everything inside and outside this world belongs to God. He's created it all. And we are only to be good caretakers. So when we have this frame of mind, that, that we're here to preserve it, to take care of this world out of respect to God, then we can do it. Then we can take care of this world. Efforts to protect the environment without God-centered view, are both futile and twisted. It doesn't make any sense, and it's, it's like worshiping the, the painting rather than, than giving praise to the artist who painted the art. We show respect to God by respecting the environment he has created. You don't think that, that, we, can, that we can change things, that we can cut out fuel, that, that we could depend on it way, way less by going to like different forms of, of transportation, different forms of the way, the way our, our, our subdivisions are powered. We could use windmills. We can use different power sources. But that's not the point. The point is this world is driven by the money, the economy, the, the, um, the, the, the people that are in the power, all the money they would lose if things like that would happen. And so... They stand to gain nothing from making those changes. And so their concern is not on the environment. It's all, even though, you know, there's many people who have, you know, legitimate concerns and many who have legitimate um, motives. But those that, that, that are running the show, they don't care about this world because they don't care about the God who created it all. So finally, last topic, respect for church. Church has been dedicated to God as a house of worship and prayer. When church is used for other than the intended purpose, this upsets the Lord. Remember the, uh, the example when Christ, he came into the temple and, and they had all the tables set up and they were selling things, buying and selling, and, and it was very corrupt even what they were doing. Jesus was upset. He overturned the tables and he, he chased them all out. But that's just one example of, of, of just one area. For us, we could be doing the same things when we're using church for not its intended use. If we use church to come together just to, to 
meet our friends to socialize. This is using church for not its intended purpose, and it upsets the Lord. If we, if we use church to come and meet girls, this is not the intended purpose of the church, guys, or, or girls to come and, and hang out with guys. It's not the intended purpose or whatever else. So the intended purpose of churches is to, is to worship God, is to reverence Him, to come together, to share our burdens with one another, to, 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 to help each other. And so when we come to church, attendance is for our benefit. It says in, in uh, Hebrews 10, forsake not the assembly, because if you do, you're going to miss out on being uplifted, comforted. You're going to miss out on a blessing. And, and, and if the church is not providing that, if church is not providing that for you, then, then we need to rev it up. We need to improve. But leaving and not coming is not going to help that. Putting your foot to the pedal and, and putting your hands to the plow is going to help improve church. How would you dress if you went to the president's house? Okay? Think of this. The, Lord, the, the church is the Lord's house. If the president invited you into the White House, you'd, you'd, you'd not go in, in, in like rags. Okay? You'd, you'd be respectful. You'd conduct yourself in a respectful way. You'd go respectfully. Um, last month it was uh, Dan and Dan's, uh, Daniela and Daniel Munther's uh, wedding. Before the wedding I had to go to the reception hall to, to practice a special number. And when I went there I went in jeans. And they wanted to kick us out. It was a, it was a um, private club. It was a golf club. And, and the dress code did not allow jeans or shorts. And Yasna, who I was with, she was wearing a jean skirt and I was wearing jeans. It was just like a Thursday. or They wanted to kick us out of there. And, and we respect their orders. We respect their, their um, house rules when we go there. But in our own churches, we have a real hard time with respecting the, the house rules. And, and there's nothing wrong with being respectful to, to even on the outside appearance, as long as we know that's not what it's all about, that it's not just about our outside. The outside reflects our inside. The outside reverence and respect reflects the respect that is in our hearts, not for man, not for the church building, but for God, who all things and by him, all things were created. Church is God's house. This idea of the books were opened. Malachi speaks about those that feared the Lord, those that respected the Lord. Their lives were written down in the book of remembrance. And the Lord, he remembered them. He saw them. All these cameras are on you guys. God's eyes are watching. And you know who he is. You have an understanding, although it might be small compared to really who he is. But you, have a, you do have some knowledge of who he is. And you understand how much he loved you. Give him back through respect. Respect to him, to yourself, others, authority, parents, church. Through the life that you live, everybody that you come into contact with, 
Show God respect by respecting others, by respecting. You know, last, uh, just to give you an idea of how, how this world is, is off the track. I, I didn't, I, I couldn't get it. My son was coming back and he was telling me that he's going to get in trouble if he talks about Jesus or if he draws this picture of Christmas, actually, that's what it was. He had some homework to do and it was about family traditions and, and, and we were talking about some of our family traditions and we were talking about you know, maybe drawing something about Christmas so that he can use that as his homework and he didn't want to. He said because he's going to go to the principal's office. So what do you mean? Well, he said that he was in class and they were talking about what gives us heat and he says God warms us up. God gives us heat. And they said, the teacher was like, well, we can't really talk about God here. And he right away felt like he was going where he shouldn't go and he was getting sort of corrected by it. And so I wanted to have a talk to her about that. I wanted to have a talk to her about that, like what, what happened there. And she was saying how she doesn't believe in God. But then she goes on on a rampage on how she, sort of as the conversation evolved, on how she teaches the kids to, to not copy other people, to be um, not plagiarizing, even from grade one, how important that is. Now I'm thinking, what, what's the point? What's the point of being respectful to other people? What's the point of being um, respectful to other people's writings? To, to, to do that, what's the point to be respectful to our morals if there's no God? If, if there's not an absolute God who, who is perfect, who, will, who sees all things. And that's the point, loved ones. God sees everything. God knows everything. He's out there. He's watching. And everything you do, everything you say, he's going to evaluate. And you know what's been done for you. Now let's live. Let's live for, let's live for him who gave himself for us. And, and that's it, guys. Thank you very much.